0: I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com, along with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, Luke Monger, and uh, day one, spring ball 2018 is in the books. Scott Eklund, the borderline pneumonia, Luke just fresh back from Nicaragua, and me and Fetter's just grinding like we always do, right? Oh,
1: what that orange glow was all about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, so, but, tan. Uh, but it's good to have uh, Luke back. Uh, you know, uh, a little bit cool in the morning, but it seemed to warm up a little bit over Overcast skies on the lake, but uh, it's good to be back out here, uh, you know, in the east practice field out at Husky Stadium and uh, lots and lots and lots to cover. Uh, with Chris Peterson but let's go ahead and first of all just talk about the attrition on the roster coach Pete acted a little bit irritated when he had to address it but uh, Daniel Bridgegad you know no surprise he has left the program and has gone to northern Arizona Um, I don't know if you looked at the coaching staff there but the offensive coordinator is Aaron Flugrad and the uh, wide receivers coach is his father Robin flu grads, so it'd be interesting for him down there, and kind of a surprise, Jamon Dotson, who tore it up on the combine days, has left the program.
1: kind of a surprise there Chris uh, yeah, anytime you lose basically the fastest guy on your team yeah it 's a bit of a loss, but at the same time, how, how much did he play? How much was he going to feature? you know you look at the the four you look at the four cornerbacks right now that they use today, you look at. Byron Murphy, you look at Austin Joyner, you look at Elijah Molden, you look at Keith Taylor, mm-hmm. you look at the guys coming in like a Kyler Gordon or a Dominic Hampton. Mm-hmm. He probably just saw the writing on the wall, I guess. Yeah.
0: I thought he had a chance to be uh, the kickoff return guy. Scott,
1: I, he's just
2: not a he's not a, a D one football player, in my opinion. He's just he he's fast, mm-hmm. and that's about it. I think that's all you can really say about him is he's fast, and he was fast in combines, not on the football field. I, I just I didn't see a guy who was going to make much of an uh, impression on the field this year, and and he probably made the right decision to leave.
3: Yeah, well, the, the thing that also about him is, if I'm correct, you'll get to play immediately, right? Because he is going to be a fifth year senior. So assuming he graduates, It's possible it's a grad year. I don't I don't yeah. know that, but mm-hmm. I mean I'm, it's possible. You just got to remember he has
2: mm-hmm. to go to a school that doesn't have a graduate program that washington features oh that's how they go Mm -hmm. and
0: and chris peterson said he had no idea where he was going but you know we've got the attrition there and we'll spend just a a minute just uh who did not participate uh trey adams big brace on his knee but uh he seemed to have fun you know doing a lot of talking out there uh who else wasn't suited Mm
2: -hmm. um, camilo eifler John Clark. I didn't see. Was Camilo even here? Yeah, no, no, he wasn't there. My guess is, you know, people don't need to be concerned about it. He's still no. If he's on the
1: roster, he's on the team. Yeah.
2: So, I, I, my guess is, it's probably a class conflict. Um, uh, Let's see. Quentin Pounds was out. Chico McClatcher was out. uh, Jordan Miller was out. Um, all like guys that everybody...
1: D- DJ Beavers, I think, was, Beavers limited. was limited. DJ Beavers was
2: limited. Henry Bainavalu, I already mentioned him. Um, AJ Cardi, granted, he's a long snapper, but still your starting long snapper. So yeah. he was on the sidelines a little bit too. So, um, But th- this is kind of typical of spring, where guys are recovering from offseason surgeries or any injuries that were suffered during the season that maybe they want to just let heal all the way. So uh, nothing to be too concerned about, nothing that we didn't already kind of know about. Um, other, uh, um, Nata uh, Ariel, Ariel Nata Ariel he was wearing, Nata was wearing yellow, but was out there doing stuff. Right. So, um, not, once again,
1: not anything I think people need to worry about. I would also say too, that Hunter Bryant was out there. He had a big brace on his knee and, you know, didn't look like he was a hundred percent yet. So I expect that they're probably going to treat him with kid gloves this spring and probably not ask him to do a ton.
0: Also, former player sighting, Sidney Jones uh, mm-hmm. back. Uh, I'm not sure if Sidney's back trying to get his degree or not, but uh, he seems to be around the program. He was at the uh, Rutgers game earlier last year, but uh, good to see Sidney Jones. And of course, everybody out here, it's always funny because the first day of fall uh, fall and spring practice, there's more media than at any other time mm-hmm. of the year, but a lot of media is with their cameras pointed at number 10, Jacob Eason.
1: Yeah, well, also would say Randy Hart was here too, Okay, so it was nice. good it's always good to see Randy here, Dick Baird, Hugh Millen, all the local, you know, all the usual suspects are here. But, yeah, in terms of Jacob Eason, um, yeah. I mean, when you hear Hugh Millen, see, now Hugh, I think sometimes he gets a bad rap because I think people think he sometimes uses hyperbole on the radio and sometimes gets maybe a little overzealous at times with guys. But when he talks about Jacob Eason's arm strength, he's not, it's not hype. His arm strength is noticeably, way noticeably different than anybody else's on the team. I mean, it is. It just jumps off his hand.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It, it does. Um, he's probably the strongest quarterback Washington's ever had. Uh, from a, And he just flicks his wrist. Everything looks effortless when he gets out there and throws. Um, and he's a, a head taller than um, Jake Hayner when he's standing next to him. Yeah, he's also... Um, a, Definitely a few inches taller than than Sermon and Yankov, who are who are not super tall guys, but guys 6'3", 6'4". So um, he's uh, he's definitely uh, stands out just from his pure size standpoint.
3: Yeah, I thought it was interesting, kind of what, what Coach Peterson was saying about Jacob Eason today in his little press conference, uh, saying that it's an interesting period for Jacob Eason because he said it's like probably the first time in Eason's life that he isn't expected to produce right away. So it'll be kind of an interesting period of him getting to kind of kick back and like obviously actively be learning the system, but not necessarily having to have the results right away, and it'll be a good transition period for him. Right. So I think it's going to be super exciting to kind of see how he kind of familiarizes himself with, uh, with the Washington offense, although he already has, obviously, two years of college football on yeah. his belt.
1: I don't think there's any doubt, too, because it, it showed that he is going through a transfer year <sighs> because Hayner, Sermon, Yankoff, all those guys were getting more reps. Than Jacob Eason today for obvious reasons because those guys have to get ready for this fall. Mm. Um, that being said, when he did get his reps, he showed not only the arm strength but he showed the ability to make some throws that I don't think any of those guy- other guys can make. I mean, he made one throw down the seam uh, in one of the seven on seven periods that it was just like he just like you know, like you said, Kim. He just flicked it or Sky just flicked it and it just it was going down the seam and it was right on the money. And you you can you can see what the future holds. Well. He- see what the future holds, you know, we've been doing this a long time, Chris. Uh,
0: I've never seen a group of quarterbacks this large before, you know, when you throw in Sermon and Yankoff. And I've never seen the arm strength that I've seen out there today. Uh, I think it's also the first time we've not seen uh, a walk-on out, you know, in the quarterback group. But uh, when you get back to Eason, he's only been here three days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just learning the playbook and that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, like I said, just a real interesting group, large and large arms. but well,
1: I also noticed too, Kim. One of the things is that they were even running some hurry-up type stuff, and they were doing it with the true freshmen. So I mean, those guys are going to be asked to do a lot right from the get-go. And they're at least from the outside, it looked like they're treating it like these guys are no different than anyone else on the team right now. Their their learning curve is steep. They're given basically no time to just jump right into it and see see how you do and. Yeah, they had their moments. I think. I think uh, if I had to handicap it, I think maybe Jacob Sermon had a slightly better day today than than mm-hmm. Colson Yankoff, In my opinion, maybe you guys feel differently, but. Um, you can tell their talent is pretty immense, too. And the other new guy today, uh, got a chance to see
0: Austin Osborne for the first time today, wearing number 18. And when we talk about that wide receiver group, I was impressed. I thought that uh, Ty Jones looked a lot more comfortable than yeah. he did last year. I, think, I thought Ty Jones really jumped out over the wide receivers.
2: Absolutely, and he should. I mean, this is his second spring. He was the only early, early enrollee last year, and... Um, you know, he's uh, – uh, I thought Ty Jones had a really good practice. He had the pro- kind of the play of the day. And uh, when he fell down on his route, got up and made a diving catch on the sidelines. Um, but, you know, as far as Austin Osborne, he, he, I, I don't know. Did do you guys see him get in much on the wide receiver when, when they did seven on not seven? A little bit. Seven? Not. I mean, not I a didn't, ton. I didn't see much from him as far as regular practice, but that doesn't – mean anything i mean the guys you know just showed up here a couple days ago so um you know he's probably still getting into the playbook and everything but um yeah i mean you can see it when he walks on the field you can see he's six he's a legit six three and and about uh two well six two six three and and about two close to 200 pounds so um pretty impressed with with his uh just on the hoof
0: yeah and just you know taking a look at aaron fuller andre Mm pichalia and then also expecting you know um uh cook um alex cook, alex cook mm-hmm. and terrell bynum to step mm-hmm. up as yeah. well and uh you know going over to the tight ends i think the biggest surprise for me with the tight end group the guy you would least suspect to be doing this yeah. rolling up his sleeve and showing off his guns drew sample
3: yeah yeah <laughs> drew sample looks strong and jacob kaiser also looked
2: enormous too he, he looks like he's yeah. put on 20 pounds
3: yeah so but, but but i think they're listed at 262 and 261 a piece yeah uh and you know like Washington loves to do their two and three tight end sets, and when you have guys like that, it's going to make it easy yeah. to run the ball with talented backs like Miles Gaskin and Saban Ahmed.
0: Yeah, it was good to see the tight ends. And when we mentioned, you mentioned earlier with Hunter Bryant, wearing a pretty good size uh, brace on his knee. And, um, you know, it's not stopping him from practice, but I got to imagine that he's going to be doing the non contact drills and not getting in much contact. You know, they got guys like Jacob Kaiser and True Sample to do that. And Mike Neal played a little bit more today, so he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on that we, you know, talked about. Time for him to step up,
1: yeah it was also, and also you know first day of Justice Warren being over there um, trying to figure out whether he's going to be used as a tight end h back full back, uh, I think he's going to be kind of a jack of all trades when it's all said and done didn't get a great feel as to maybe how they're going to utilize him so far, but obviously in the next couple practices I think we'll get a better feel for that
0: yeah running back Savan Ahmed miles Gaskin you know uh, with miles you pretty much know what you've got we had a chance to talk to miles pretty lengthy um, after the um, uh, after practice, and he actually said that he had a fourth round grade, you know, from the NFL, which I thought was interesting. He said he thought he was better than that. So make sure and listen to the Miles Gaskin interview. Um, yeah, fourth round grade uh, for Miles, Sean McGrew, Kamari Pleasant. Uh, anything else you notice from the running back group today?
1: No, I mean, I mean nothing I mean, out of the ordinary. I mean, yeah. just guys getting through their work. Um, they just have the one walk on, uh, Island felt that's there. So just five guys. So. They're going to get a lot of reps between the five of those guys, which is good. They'll get a lot of reps, but they won't get a lot of contact for obvious reasons. Chris Peterson's on the record it's just saying those guys take a pounding every fall and everything that they can do to kind of keep them as healthy as possible they're going to do. So, you know, they're going to get their individual stuff done, and they're going to get um, some runs in. But right now it kind of looks like you've got – uh, you got Miles and then you got Savon and then you've got kind of Kamari and, and and Sean just kind of battling in there to kind of maybe see who gets that third spot and i think one of the one of the reporters asked um Savon about it after practice there's a lot of lightning in there but not a lot of thunder and what are they going to maybe try to do about that but who knows i mean it's you know that's where i think you know maybe a guy like a Justice Warren could maybe do some stuff but um, it'll be interesting to see how they're used but yeah in terms of spring I think we can lay the groundwork already and kind of say don't expect a ton of like huge news coming out of that group because you rarely do with, with Chris Peterson coach team.
0: And, you know, Scott, you can comment on this a little bit. But, you know, when you go over to the defensive side of the ball, I thought, you know, a couple of guys really jumped out to me. Jalen Johnson looks like a senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that Levi on Rike, uh really looked explosive and quick and mm-hmm. also looks like Benning batoa still be starting to finally pick it up a little bit.
2: Well, yeah, he made Jared Hilbers look silly and actually pantsed. Uh, Jake Hayner on a on a on a play he he went in to get him and he pulled his pants down as, as a sack um, but yeah I mean it's I thought Benning probably had the most explosive defensive play just the way he got in used his quickness just to get inside of, of Hilbers and, and get the sack so um, you know d- defensive line is is going to be big and strong and all that and all and all that but it's it's just so hard to tell without guys in pads or anything like that all. We can do is kind of tell you what we saw and and what guys look like on the hoof. More well, than I was going to say too that
1: typically and in, in most really good teams, and I think Washington is considered a really good team at this point. Most really good teams that first day of spring defense almost always looks much better than the offense. Offense is trying to get their stuff together, obviously with a new defensive or new offensive coordinator, Bush Hamden, trying to get their things together. Defense, especially along the lines, looks so much. better. You know, better. Uh, And again, like Scott said, when you're basically just kind of in underwear. Um, did you want to talk about the offensive line at all first? But, oh, yeah, I forgot about them. But just real
0: quick, you know, the thing that stood out to me with those three guys wasn't just what they were doing, just how their quickness and their explosiveness. Mm-hmm. So, um, And, yeah, let's go back to the offensive line. Um, it was good to you know, uh, Trey Adams. Just, uh, you know, he was having fun out there because he's not practicing. Mm-hmm. But Caleb McGarry looks big. And uh, I think the guy that everybody's pretty much got their eye on right now is Luke Wattenberg. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the guy I've got my eye on is Nick Harris right now mm-hmm. because he's you know he's going to end up taking Coleman Shelton's spot. And Coleman Shelton only had, what, 47, 48 starts in his career. So that's a bit of experience to try to overcome. And um, it was interesting because I think one of the things that I saw that was the real focal point and storyline for me today on the offensive line, Kim, was just how many guys were switching around yeah. with no Trey Adams, you had all of a sudden now Henry Roberts at and the starting no, left Henry tackle, yeah. and No Henry Bainavalu as well. So, and those are those are guys that might even play left tackle. A guy like Henry Bainavalu might even play left tackle mm-hmm. ahead of a Henry Roberts or a Luke Wattenberg, for mm-hmm. instance. So, you got that, and then Luke Wattenberg is obviously now moved inside the left guard again. And then you got Nick Harris, but then on the right hand side, because Nick Harris is not at right guard anymore, you had Matt James. So now Matt James has moved from center to right guard, and then you have Caleb McGarry, obviously the stalwart at right tackle. Now the second line is what I thought was really interesting because you have Hilbers at left tackle, which is just like last year. But then after that you have Devin Burleson, who moved from backup right guard to now backup left guard. You've got Jesse Sosby, who is a whos who has been a guard by trade forever here. He's moved to center. Mm-hmm. And now you've got Jackson Kirkland now making a move at right guard. And then Matt James, who actually started his whole Husky career back in the day at right tackle, is now getting some reps back at right tackle. Mm-hmm. So Scott Huff is playing some real – Mad uh, Yeah, he's playing some mad scientists, and he's getting a lot of personnel groupings that we haven't seen before.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that, that kind of allows for that is obviously, like you said, Trey Adams not getting his reps in. And then uh, there's one more. I'm like, yeah, Henry Henry. Banavalo. But yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting for sure to kind of see how it all settles down. I think I saw Jackson Kirkland even get reps at right tackle as well. Uh Yep.
1: Uh, With the third, with the three. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, you know, there's a lot of bodies and a lot of people that they're moving around in there. And, uh, you know, like even with, I I think, who's the only, is Coleman Shelton the only guy graduating from? Andrew Kirkland. Andrew Kirkland. Kirkland. Yeah, I mean, so those are two guys. Andrew Kirkland ended up starting however many games, six games, ten the season. Uh, But even two guys can really throw, like, a whole kind of. It can kind of throw your whole offensive line for a loop, and you really have to kind of regroup it. And that's exactly the time
2: that you've got to do it.
1: Yeah, this is the time of year to do it. If you're going to play mad Scientist, this is how you do it. UCLA, I
2: think, has seven scholarship guys um, along the offensive line for spring ball. Um, Washington has ten healthy scholarship guys. They have 12 scholarship guys on the roster right now, and then they have three that they're going to add this fall. So, um, you know, the spring is is really kind of tough when you – when, you come, when it comes to offensive line play because you have to have five guys out there. And, you know, you're mixing and matching and trying to figure out who fits where, who fits best. And so we're going to see a lot of change throughout the spring just to kind of – because I think Scott Huff is still trying to
1: figure out who fits where best. And, you know, it's almost a guarantee too, Scott, that mm-hmm. there's going to be at least one or two guys that are coming off offseason injuries or just so banged up by playing a full season in the trenches that they just need to get healthy. So you're you're always going to be kind of dealing with a bit of a depleted squad when it comes to both both offensive and defensive lines.
0: Henry Roberts was a highly recruited guy out of Bellevue High School and you know, he's been, you know, he's just been a guy, but uh, it looks like he's stepping up a little bit and starting to finally get it. I
2: think it's his this is his chance and I think he knows it and I think Matt James is another guy who knows this is his chance to get on the field and show that he's ready for Whatever duty they want to hand, handle, they want to hand him and, and ask him to handle. You know, I, I'm sure Henry Roberts would like to be a starter, but when Trey Adams gets back, let's be honest, he's the starter yeah. at left tackle. But they, always, the third go- offensive tackle, always plays in, in, every, in every game. And if Henry Roberts can come in, be a backup at, at either of the tackle spots, and then have that chance to go, step in there as a senior. Uh, in 2019, I, I don't think that's a bad bad way to end your Husky career and possibly put yourself in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and you're looking. So Matt James can play obviously inside mm-hmm. or out because yeah. he's done both. Mm-hmm and you talked about Henry Roberts as well. I think the other guy that's right on there that needs to really establish himself is Boomer Sosby. I mean, he's yeah. got an opportunity right now at that right guard spot. He can take it, or even back up center. Mm-hmm. He's got an opportunity, and this, this has got to be his time.
0: Moving back over to the defensive side of the ball, I didn't get a chance to really focus very much on the linebackers. I know Tevis Bartlett had a pretty good day, but what did you see out of the linebackers today, minus Camilo Eifler? My gut says Camilo had, maybe had some academic uh,
2: classes class or something. thing, yeah, class thing that they have to go to. Um, uh, I was
1: also going to say no, no Brandon Wellington either. Yeah, he was, he was out. just That was what I He missed. was conditioning yeah. Yeah. but just didn't do a lot of uh, contact work.
2: Yeah, okay. and, uh, I mean, Tevis Bartlett was actually played, playing inside mm-hmm. too. He was playing more at the mic, uh, linebacker spot. Ben Burkerman was in there as well. Um, and, and so um, I think that's a move you might see end up happening on a more permanent basis because I think they want to get some, some more – size in there and um alay kaho you know brandon kaho uh is expected to come in and play some sam and that's the spot granted they're kind of interchangeable the buck and the sam are kind of interchangeable but um you know they they want all a uh kaho Cah- to come in and play and they want him to play sam and so i think that's something that they're looking forward to and saying hey Let's get Tevis some reps on the inside because we can move him inside. He's that talented. Uh,
3: what, like, yeah, I think it's kind of difficult to really evaluate a ton of like linebacker play uh, when it's kind of just you know going through the initial periods and kind of walking through. and Obviously, there's a lot of energy and stuff, but not a ton to evaluate. But one thing that I thought was interesting is it looked like uh, Kyler Manu was getting quite a few reps in there, which is interesting to see. I think he was a guy that you highlighted uh, as a guy who – This is an opportunity for him as well. He's entering his redshirt junior year now. Uh, The room is going to be adding a bunch of depth with guys like Jackson Sermon and uh, MJ Tafisi coming in this fall. So this is, I think, an opportunity for him to kind of get a head start and position himself in a good spot going into the fall. And I think that at least today was the beginning of that happening.
1: What I thought was interesting, though, in hearing Chris Peterson talk about Tevis Bartlett's move, this is a move that they wanted to make a while ago. Like last year they've been thinking about this. Because they love his intelligence, and he can play anywhere along the, the, the those four positions in the linebacking core. So they've been, but obviously, are you going to replace, you know, Ben Burke Irvin? Are you going to replace a Keyshawn Bieria? Are you going to replace Azim Victor? Are you going to, you know, there's so many guys in front of Sean Constantine. I mean, there are so many bodies in the middle, but now they're really thin at bodies because they didn't have Brandon Wellington today. They didn't have DJ Beavers today. Um, and those other guys so, left. Yeah, so. and so you, you've got basically, you've got. Now that Bartlett's in there, you got Bartlett, you got Ben Burke, Curvin, you got Kyler Manu, and you've got the two walk-ons. You got Wamba and Preston, and that really is kind of their lineup right now. And that—that that is, you know, Peterson talked about. This is an opportunity for him to really stamp himself and, and really get um, uh, acclimated to it because he's got a, he's got a, a chance to be really really good in there, and there's not a lot of bodies in there that he has to go up against.
0: When you uh, take a look at what's going on in the defensive secondary, a couple things. Uh, I thought the corners were incredibly sticky today, but with the addition of the tenth coach, with Will Harris there and Jimmy Lake, the defensive coordinator. uh, Jimmy Lake was coaching like he always did back there with the defensive backs, and you know I thought there might be a little bit more split, you know, between the safeties and the corners, but uh, they were all together. Where you know I thought that Jimmy might take safeties or corners, and Will might take the other position, but I. See that today?
1: No, and again, this is a situation where he's the new guy, and there's really no connection to the the staff in terms of him just coming in like a Bush Hamden, for instance. You know, Bush Hamden knows the knows the offense all the way back from Boise State days, whereas Will Harris doesn't really have a connection and a fit in that regard. So he's learning as he's going. But what Chris Peterson did say about Will Harris today when he talked about it, it was just his energy and enthusiasm and how he's a great fit for what they want. And So now it's just a matter of him learning what they want to do, learning their process, learn how they're going to go through practices. And I have a feeling by this time next week, you're not even going to be thinking of Will Harris as a, as a first year coach. He'll probably be just right at it with uh, with the rest of the guys. Um. I, I can't really add much
2: more. I mean, I, I thought – I agree with Kim. I thought the, the corners were pretty sticky. And, um, you know, the safeties didn't do a lot, but that's because they didn't throw across the middle very much. So I'll tell you right now, there is so
0: much competition out there. And with Jordan Miller sitting on the sidelines, when you take a look at the you know the way some of these guys were playing, you know, I thought that uh, Austin Joyner looked great. I thought that Byron Murphy looked fantastic. I thought Keith Taylor looked good. I thought Byron McKinney looked good. Uh, I thought that – um Brennan Brandon McKinney. McKinney. I thought Taylor Rapp looked good. I thought JoJo McIntosh looked good. And then they've got, you know, Kyler Gordon and Julius Irvin coming in. There's a lot of talent out there in that defensive secondary, and Jimmy Lake's loaded again.
1: Yeah. I think you just I think you just explained all the reasons why Jamon Dotson's no longer on the team. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean it's I don't know if that's a laughing matter, but yeah, I think it's no. it's pretty matter of fact.
0: Yeah, no. I mean there's I mean there's a lot of talent out there and uh, you know guy it's it's pretty obvious, you know, just um Miles Bryant I thought had a great practice
1: yeah. mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well. And when, I was going to say Miles and he Again, I think he's one of those jack of all trades. We saw it last year, and all he did with the nickel and the corner, and all that. He was even playing a little bit of safety today, too. Yeah. So that that was interesting.
0: And you know what? Another guy who you know I thought had a really nice practice was a guy that a lot of people forgotten about, Isaiah Gilchrist.
1: Yeah. No. He right now you've got Taylor Rapp and JoJo McIntosh as the number one safeties. They're backed up by Gilchrist and McKinney, and and that Gilchrist McKinney, I think they're going to have to work a lot together this fall because that's a natural pairing. Now I don't know what they're going to want out of Julius Irvin because I've heard you know they might use him as a corner. They don't, mm-hmm. I mean, they might use him in nickel. I don't know how they're going to use him, but um, you know I think that pairing of Gilchrist. And uh, McKinney is one that I think Washington fans definitely need to watch for
0: yeah, I mean, there's, I mean Luke, you saw it out there i mean there's some there's some athletes, and the guys the guys who aren't starting could probably start on more than half of the other teams in the conference yeah
3: I mean and you just you talk about all those just yeah, just the depth, the athleticism in the room, and you have to think I mean obviously he's a guy who started until he was hurt last year, but you have to think Jordan Miller has to be a little uneasy kind of watching mm-hmm. all those guys going after it out there because I think any missed time when you have a room. And it's just that talented, you know, it's it's difficult, I'm sure, to kind of just sit back and watch as you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I want to get back out there and secure my spot.
1: Well, one of the things I noticed, too, today, and it's one of those things that you can only notice at practice if you, if you're not there or what have you, but... You know, Saman Ahmed. I think he broke off a run or whatever, and, and he started to go towards the part of the sideline where all the corners and the safeties and the DBs were in general. And one of the DBs was trailing them, and, and they got into a bit of a, you know, kind of they Keith kind Taylor. of squared up each Keith other. Taylor. Yeah, it was Keith. And literally all the guys that were on the sideline, all the DBs, just came. just I mean, it was like bees. It was like a swarm of bees. Just all over Ahmed. I mean, they weren't doing it in a bad way, or they weren't. They weren't all, you know, pissed off at him. But they were. They were rest. They were going to their guy.
3: Yeah, and they were back.
1: They were backing up Keith Taylor, and I thought that was really interesting. I think it goes to show, like what you were talking about, just in terms of the camaraderie, mm-hmm. uh, camaraderie, and the spirit in that room right now. Peyton Henry, Van Soderberg, anything to pick or choose or
0: notice from there?
1: Peyton Henry had the better day, um, but they didn't have a lot of reps. So I, just, I literally saw one kick for 40 yards on each each guy, and each one made it. Oh, so, so
2: Van Soderbergh did make it.
1: Yeah, they both made it, and okay. uh, the, the other walk-on, uh, Sebastian Valerio, did not make okay. his. But I literally just saw the one kick for okay. each for 40 yards. Yeah, there wasn't a
0: lot of focus on special teams today. There was a little bit, uh, you know. Um, uh,
1: uh, one thing I will say, Kim, is that yeah. uh, they did. we could kind of see who was at the punt return a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, who's going to be. Now that Dante Pettis is obviously mm. gone, who's going to be picking up his slack? Um, you know, Aaron Fuller started out, and then it went to Andre Bocelli. And then, obviously, Chico McClatcher was back there, but he didn't actually catch any kicks. But uh, also Byron Murphy, and a guy that, I've, that I really think Special. is a dark horse. Yeah, I think, I think he's a guy that could emerge from that pack. I think the reason why they like Aaron Fuller so much is because he's so dependable. Yes. And I think he has a little bit of elusiveness that we don't – highlight maybe as much but byron murphy he has just a different way of of, of doing things
0: yeah. yeah all right final thoughts chris fetters what stood out to you today what'd you take away a
1: lot of energy um from from coach peterson all the way down a lot of talking um you certainly couldn't tell that they had brand new uh coordinators for instance you know even though jimmy lake is now technically i guess a coordinator you, you certainly didn't it didn't feel like Uh, there was any difference there and then having Will Harris out there as well certainly didn't feel like a new coach was getting broken in you know in terms of all that stuff it just looked like another uh, first day of spring a lot of energy a lot of enthusiasm a lot of talking Mm -hmm. a lot of jawing uh, a lot of guys getting after each other a little bit and which you know which is good because I think that really underscores the competitive spirit I think the defense won the day and I think that's pretty obvious when you have a good team again talked about it earlier Defense almost always wins the day in the first day of spring, but I have a feeling the offense will be back uh, back on uh, Friday. Got it. Yeah. I don't
2: have a lot new to add other than um, Kim is in mid season form. Oh yeah, because uh, my it was probably my favorite part of practice mm-hmm. honestly because Kim said Kim came up and said, "Hey, I think that Aaron Fuller is going to be the leading receiver by the end of the year." You disagree with and, that? Hold on. <laughs> and so and so I said, "Oh, okay, great." Five minutes later, Scott. What number is Aaron Fuller? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. That was that was kind of it was like, yep, he's already in midseason yeah, form. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but I mean, first day of practice, they're in shorts and and helmets. I mean, it's it's fun to get back and, and watch football, but it's there's just going to be so many mixing and matching that it's just going to be real hard to tell. The coaches are the ones who really benefit. The coaches and players are the ones who benefit from spring ball because they just try so many things that they're not going to try another time of the year. And they, they need to throw stuff up, up against the wall and figure out what's going to work and what isn't. And that's what spring is for.
0: Luke Munger, the intern, freshly back yeah. from Nicaragua.
3: <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to add was uh, you talked about looking at the quarterbacks and how just big they are. I, I kind of had the same thing when I was like, you're looking at the outside linebackers, the the Sams and the Bucks, and you see guys like, Joe Tryon, Miles Rice, and Benning, mm-hmm. and Ryan Bowman, and, uh, and then obviously Mondre Williams was getting reps in there as well, but those are some enormous individuals too. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool to look at. Uh, and then just on top of that, you guys both alluded to it, the energy was uh, obviously great, and you'd expect it to be. I'm sure they're all itching to get back out there and start practicing again. Uh, but I think Jake and coach Peterson both said what's not important is like the energy on day one it's going to be there what's the energy gonna be like on day eight you know or day 15 so just stringing that energy and keeping that competitive spirit will be uh kind of flowing will be important obviously as the spring uh, kind of progresses so that they can have kind of the motivation to kind of push through and uh kind of position themselves well for going into the summer and fall
0: yeah, and the thing that jumped out to me, and you guys may not agree on this, is you know Coach Pete always says you know they you go back to basics and start just like it's you know day one when they first got here. I don't think they did that today. I thought they were a little further advanced in the last couple of years than the first day of uh, spring camp. I I think that uh, they're taking a look at this as this could be a championship football team, and so um, I think they're acting like one. I think the they're a little further along than they were a year ago, uh, practice number one or two years ago practice number one so that was the biggest difference to me and again just you know the size and the arm strength of some of those quarterbacks and you know the the littlest quarterback out there you know next to Jacob Eason, you know he's got just as strong as arm as anybody out there so Jake
2: Hayner, yeah
0: Jake Hayner yeah so interesting to see that but uh you know just a you know good day it's good to be back out here doing football stuff uh, um you know all four of us are out here <coughs> you know but uh nobody's going to have it covered like we will all spring uh, just also remind reminder. For those listening to this or if you have friends, if you want the daily updates in your inbox, just shoot us a note. Huskystadium at gmail.com. We'll make sure and get you all those daily updates and links to everything we've got on the site. And forward that along to your friends. Make sure that they're getting that newsletter. Huskystadium at gmail.com with the subject line newsletter. And we will take care of you and you will get all of that. So uh, day one in the books, spring practice 2018. For all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds along with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, Luke Munger. Go dog. Dogs.